Hello and welcome to this special Tucson edition of the Low Key Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Justin's. Justin's creates a nut butter that's organic, rich, and creamy with flavors like honey, hazelnut, vanilla, and chocolate. If you have a sweet tooth, try their peanut butter cups, which come in white chocolate and dark chocolate. So check out Justin's and get a tasty treat. Now, without further ado, Curtis Zimmerman with Presta Coffee Roasters. It's nice, it's easy, it's Presta. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Low Key. I'm here with Curtis Zumerman from Presta Coffee Roasters. How you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> so I am drinking um, currently one of your coffees um, that you have brewed V60 for me. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is and um, where it's roasted from? Which one did you get? I, I, I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> was, was it the Gucci? I think it was the Gucci. Or is it... Because I didn't see. Um, if it's the Guji you're having, yeah, um, it's it's a very interesting coffee actually. Uh, some lady passed through and handed me out her card and says I deal with African coffees, and gave me a couple samples. Yeah, and she's based out of Phoenix, and uh, she's from Africa, and she imported these coffees in, and I. We sampled them up and ended up trying them out, and they're fantastic. Um, mm. Got a little more information on them, and solid. Where they're coming from is great, and um, how they're being sourced and brought over here was a okay. Um, never met this woman before, but she just happened to be traveling through, and she lives in Phoenix right now. Yeah. And uh, has a container in LA. Nice. That's so, really cool. So we went with it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, interesting story, but um, <laughs> it's never happened to me before. I've had people walk through here before and drop off samples, but you just expect them to be kind of terrible coffees. Yeah. And uh, this one was fantastic. Mm. So it's really there awesome. You have it. Yeah. And it's a quick, short story about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I personally like first first time I stepped in here. I personally love this shop, and I've loved your your branding and the way you guys do things, and your coffee like is 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 amazing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your story is um, from the idea of Presta, like when it was an idea to what it is now? Mm. Well, the idea has changed throughout the years. Um, you know, it's started out as a mobile coffee cart under a complete different name and as it progressed as I fell in love with it um, I knew I wanted to do a roastery and start roasting um, and the name I don't know you know the name I sat down I what brought up the name of Presta was that it's kind of I, I felt like I needed to give back to bike racing is where my background was yeah and that's what got me into coffee, and that's, you know, hmm. traveling throughout the country, it was always, 
you know, you, you traveled and you found the mom and pop diners in every yeah. little town that you raced in. And, and you tried coffee and each coffee had a different taste and you wondered why that was. Yeah. Um, then you go to Europe and you try it and it's, at the time, you know, you thought Europeans had fantastic coffee. Well, thinking of Italy and the midsection of Europe. Um, now it's just, um, I, I don't, don't like that coffee anymore. <laughs> you know, it's because it's progressed so far in such a little time. Yeah. And it wasn't until you, like, you, I did a layover and more in the northern part of Europe, and then I can't remember where it was, and that was fantastic coffee. Yeah. And then that drew up the curiosity of all that. But really, it all started where my wife wanted, um, she worked at that local hospital, and she wanted a good cup of coffee, and there was nothing rather than, like, a standard drip machine that served... Uh, massive supply chain coffee company which mm -hmm. was not good and so I started out from there yeah so Presta kind of really evolved from that mm -hmm. and then to give back to the bike world I you know I had a list of a hundred names and narrowed it down to four names and then Presta came out of that four names so that's really cool was there any weird names in there or well yeah no I mean I always wanted the minute I knew I was going to do a roastery, I always wanted to have a bike name, but no, not really. Um, you know, I, I did have a graphic design background, and okay. I had, and that went into coding, web coding, web development, um, even into, um, started a little bit of Xcode for iPhones, but um, rather than that, um, no, no crazy names, really. It, okay. It was just something that I wanted something elegant but yet um, people in the bike world knew that name mm -hmm. but people outside the bike world saw the name and thought oh kind of a nice name yeah and uh, that's where I narrowed it down to it um, a lot of people think it's my last name yeah and people assume that you know they see Preston and they think it's the owner's last name, and I get people from Switzerland <laughs> and Italy, and even in California, there's a lady in Chicago. I think a lady contacted me, asking, hmm. you know, what what my history is and background, my family, and yeah. it's not my last name. Yeah, so <laughs> it's quite funny. That, yeah, but I don't know. Okay, um, Presta kind of sounds like a little bit Italian. Is there? Do you do you know? It is. It's a you know, it's a Italian background oh, okay so yeah is there do you know the meaning of it or is there any meaning behind the word i'm sure there's meaning i have not looked that up <laughs> since i started this thing i have not yeah had any time outside of like reading up on roasteries or roasting itself or running a business okay to understand what that name means yeah that, i know the concept of it you know it's a it's a high pressure valve on a on a bike tire oh so, it's really cool. And we have, in America, we have Schrader valves. In Europe, they have Presta. That's really cool. And that's just the higher pressure valves. Huh. It's interesting. So, yeah. It's kind of neat because we are dealing with pressure in this, this world, and it makes sense to kind of incorporate the two names together. Hmm. That's a very interesting thing to think about. Yeah. What, what personally, for you, makes you motivated um, in the coffee industry and why are you so passionate about it? 
Oh, motivation. There's multiple things, but it's it's finding that awesome being really. I mean, that's that's what wakes me up and gets me down here and starts searching through samples and it's the newest coffee that comes in and just lightens up my day. That's what gets me motivated and keeps me running. Yeah. So, um, growing the business is also fun. Um, more of a headache too, but um, it's tricky. Uh, uh, we can get deeper into that, but I choose not to. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 really that it's finding that good tasting bean. Mm. What was there any was there any roaster or coffee shop that inspired you? Um, not really. Uh, I just. You know, I traveled a lot during all this and visited a lot of roasteries. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot of help out by people that were willing to just give me information. Yeah. Um, I have, I mean, I can, Aaron Olson at Handlebar, how much he probably doesn't know, he's helped me out a lot at Handlebar Coffee in Santa Barbara. Okay. Um, my neighbor. XO Rosco. Yeah. We kind of started out at the same time, but they started as a roastery and I started as a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Um, we held hands a lot and the people that they had. Um, but really, it's it's just seeing what was out there and reading up yeah. on books and magazines and mm. any type of information I can get a hold of, I, I read on it. So That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there any is there any um, is working at a roastery different than you imagine it would be? No. Not at all. No. Really? Why? Yeah. Why is that? I I had this plan in my head and I wrote it down and I it's I'm pretty much following it to a T. So. Okay. Um, yeah, it, the hardest thing for me is really just. Since we have two cafes, we managing employees, managing, making sure everyone's happy yeah. is, is the biggest part that I didn't really predict that was kind of the hardest thing for me. Yeah. Because I'd rather see everyone happy than have this big machine working and, and then having everyone unhappy, like yeah. me being happy. I'll give up my happiness to them. Wow. And, and I think they know it. They, they know it. I, they tell me to ask for help, and I don't ask for help. I'm trying to do everything myself. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I hope that answers your question on that one. <laughs> <laughs> how, is, how do you guys source your coffee from a lot of us? Yeah, uh, I jump through people here and there. Mainly, Bodhi Leaf is held my hand through most of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Roaster Jeff, as we all know, his handle on Instagram has been awesome with me. We developed this awesome relationship where he's helped me out so much. But, you know, I, I do jump around. I Onyx, I do Red Fox. I yeah. kind of, all the new little La Bodega is a new guy in town. And um, they're doing some great stuff. Uh, Nordic Approach is great. Um, did kind of my first direct sourcing this year, which, I mean, 
you can't really say direct sourcing because direct really isn't direct these days, but um, I know the farmer, I know the daughters, I multiple daughters. Um, one came here over there the summer and worked for us. Oh, that's really cool. Just to understand more about coffee and understand mm. how we serve coffee. And I think they're going to open a cafe in their town. Oh, wow. And she's going to get it up and running along with her sister. Her sister's also, she's now working for Nordic Approach. And wow. she is, uh, she would send us samples right after harvest and then we were able to lock, lock in a lot for her through her and get our first direct source in so yeah. with our name on the bags it was official it's great great feeling yeah so um, but that I, I'd like to see that happen more I just that's really cool it's me being the roaster and the green bean buyer and the sampler and then you know it's I'm got multiple roles in this business and it's getting to the point where I'm being stretched and I've got to start hiring out for it so yeah wow so dang that's really cool um tell, tell us a little bit about how Presta is connected to the Tucson community mm. you know I don't know it's it's like Lynette said it's it's really Everyone here, localist. They're they're all about the small shops in the city. Yeah. Anything big, and you see, there's not a lot of corporation in this town. Um, if it is, it's on the outskirts of town, and people definitely will give someone local a try once or twice. And, yeah. You know, but they uh, they definitely are all about supplying and supporting the local people. Hmm. And we all kind of hold each other's hands as business and we all share each other's, like if it's, you know, a brewery in town, like there's an event going on, we all kind of take care of each other. Yeah. Um, but I wish I was more integrated in this town um, with me being a stay home, well, I wouldn't say I'm a stay home dad anymore, but I <laughs> yeah. was before this and and I still am majority the person that stays at home when kids are home from sick, yeah. sick from school or, you know, there's a soccer tournament or whatever. I, I have to be there for them. So I really have to have a support team in the background that will run this show when I'm yeah. not here. Um, but there was also a time when Tucson, you know, a roast, another roastery in town closed down and the boom happened here where restaurants popped up all over the place. Yeah. All within a two year period. And I wasn't, properly functioning at that point in time so I lost a lot of wholesale accounts but also that allowed me to grow with the coffees that I wanted and not really support shops that really wanted to downgrade their coffee or do blends or or um, want a cheap bean for the, for the restaurant so I was able to like step back and really look and source and find the better bean yeah. and start with that and then let people come to me when they want were ready for me um, the beans are a little more pricey but um, that's what we're getting now in today's world yeah um, but it's starting to slowly trickle over to me and wholesale accounts are starting to come in that's cool um, and it's nice I get to kind of select and choose my wholesale accounts 
Yeah. Because they've had my coffee and they're they're ready to step it up. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I I get that vibe like ever since I've been here yeah. of people just being so local, like just the breweries, coffee shop, you guys, you know, right. and it's like we'll give anything for the local and the community. It's really cool to see like owners kind of go and stick together yeah. um, and like try each other out and like help each other out. That's a really cool thing to see in a city yeah. um, because I feel like a lot of cities that are probably bigger and like are more corporate, it's harder to do that. Um, it's really cool to be in a city that that happens because you see the love and the passion and the fruit of that, um, which is really cool. Right. Yeah. Well, I think we're all kind of scared because the city has taken off and, you know, there's only so many local people can, or local businesses that can support this town before it really like takes off, takes off where outside money comes in and there is outside money coming in here. Um, it started out with Phoenix and Flagstaff coming in and putting in restaurants, but now it's, you know, you're starting to see bigger corporations come in and mm. starting to put restaurants around town. But um, I think the city does a great job of kind of holding that stuff off. Yeah. It could be better, but as long as we keep our culture and the buildings, you know, re preserve our buildings. Yeah. Um, and not turn in, I'm not that I have anything against Phoenix, but they've, I feel like they've wiped everything out and started from brand new. Yeah. Um, Tucson's done a great job of keeping its buildings and keeping its history. and That's cool. And growing on top of that. Hmm. That's really awesome. How would you say you would differ from any roaster or other roasters? And is there a different roasting style that you use other than anybody else? Yeah, I don't know. Um, not that I different from roasting um, from people here in town. I'm sure we all kind of are in the same parameters and same temperatures. Um, you know, I like to keep mine pretty clean. My coffee's pretty clean, so yeah. that's adding a lot of air to my roast. Um, as I'm going, I don't really hotbox it, as they say, just kind of keep the, the drum hot Yeah. and then full of smoke. But uh, I, I like to keep my coffees clean with air. Yeah. So I'm constantly flooding it with air. Not too much air to where it messes with your temperatures yeah. or your flame percentage. But, um, yeah, I think having a computer attached to your roaster, I've done it both, and it would be hard to go back. Yeah. Now that you know the science of roasting. You know, mm -hmm. I love doing it manual, but at this time it's, it would be hard to go back. Yeah. I love having a computer attached to my roaster for the reason of consistency and once I dial in that profile, that profile is going to be there minus my temperature on the exterior, minus my humidity or those elements will play an effect of your roast, but it also, it's just little tweaks. Yeah. Um, if I was doing it manual every time, I mean, it's 110 here in the summertime and now tonight it's going to be down to 32. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, if, if I wake up in the morning and come in and roast, it's going to be a different style of roast. Yeah. Um, 
and I'll see that in my profile. It, it'll, it'll tell me and I'll know how to correct it, but at least I'll have a consistent, close to a consistent hmm. beam on that roast. Yeah. So. That's really cool. Is there, is there any personal brew methods that you love um, more than others? Um, no, I love them all. It's, it's, I have an espresso machine in the mornings at my house, so in the mornings I wake up to the espresso machine. I do that, but when I come here, it's, it's all manual brew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, not really. Um, okay. Aeropress is solid because I, you know, I travel a lot, so it's great to have. Although I've been known to travel with a Bonavita coffee brewer in the back of my backpack, so. Nice. Um, I've done that too, but um, V60s, I mean, I, I went through my phase with Chemexes and V60s and Aeropresses and, you know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. it, it just meant this time right now I would say V60s. Yeah. 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 It, it just I guess it changes in season. Yeah. And as as you're learning in coffee, right. that that's I think that's what happens. Like because I think for me, like I started off, I loved V60s, and now I love Aeropresses because it's so easy to use while you're traveling and stuff. Right. And then um, I also love Kalita. Just it's yeah. really good, um, really smooth. Um, is there any region that you favor personally over another? Anything in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love everything that comes out of it. Um, I can't, coffees are so amazing now coming out of anywhere. Um, I've had a Guatemalan that tastes like an African. I've had a Colombian that tastes like Africans. Um, it's so fun right now what's yeah. coming out. Um, but I mean, God's country, I mean, Africa, yeah. I mean, we all love it. So it, I mean, there's, there's the best beans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what do you feel is your greatest contribution to the coffee world? Oh man. It's a hard question. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the, the community that I build, the smile on everyone's faces that come in. Um, yeah. I mean, I get... I, get, I talk to people all day long, and I wish I had a, an office I can just check out and check away and just do my work, but I did that for 12 years, and that's why I'm doing this. I mean, mm-hmm. sitting in front of a computer all day long wasn't what I really wanted to do, and as soon as I did this, I knew, like, talking to people, interacting, seeing the smiles, seeing them kind of lighten up as yeah. they have their coffee... That's it. Awesome. That is really cool. What uh, what made you choose Tucson over other cities? Oh, Tucson. Um, you can put that back in the bike racing world. I mean, it was kind of the, the, the hub to be here. It's such great weather. Mm-hmm. Um, summer times are a little hot, but after the second year, you deal with it. You, you know how to deal with it, and it's easy. Um, but also my wife and I, we met before I, we came here. So she was doing residency and at the U of A. So we came here because of that reason. But I was, if it was really funny, if I didn't meet her in the time frame I met her, I would have been on the West Coast either way for racing. So, yeah. um, but this was another bicycle hub city. Wow. So that's, that's why we're here. It's really cool. Why do you, why do you feel specialty coffee shops are growing in popularity? 
um, it's the next step, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's kind of neat to see that corporations haven't jumped on it. You yeah. know, and that's why you, there's so many roasters that are popping up, and corporations probably will buy them out, but um, mm-hmm. it's the next trend, and it's, you know, thanks to Starbucks, they've got people to love coffee again. Yeah. Outside of the, that first world, that first wave thing, and don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> but, um, that, you know, you know, this is a whole new revolution of, like, fantastic coffee is coming out and it's awesome to see these shops popping up and little roasters popping up and doing some amazing stuff and it's kind of a whole new revolution of craft world yeah so i i I love it yeah me too i definitely love it would you like to see any changes in the industry hmm well in the industry, yes and no, but it's more into to the the green bean sales and the farmers itself, and that can be pretty deep if you want to go farther into it. But uh, it's it's more, uh, yeah, it's a hard question. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> all this stuff's going through my head right now. Um, climate change really I mean I, I know it's not related to the question but I think that's yeah got to be on the first list of anything and everyone hmm. we're we're at consumption right now of our green bean buying and it's you know as these farmers move up on the hills they they lose space and they lose coffee and I think hmm. global warming climate change I mean that I don't know they there's other things to help out the farmers, but it's it's all in that aspect, that end of it. Um, yeah. And I'm still pretty new at it, and I I would really like to understand it a lot more. Um, but I think that's where we need to focus on more is hmm. that. That aspect. Gosh, yeah, that's you. Yeah. You, you threw it in. A, <laughs> we can sit here for hours talking about that stuff. <laughs> through through a wrench. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure people have turned off the podcast at this point because because yeah, if we sit here for hours and do that, twenty minutes minimum, please. <laughs> I feel like um, people are being captivated by the coffee world. Why do you Why do you think that is? Yeah, I don't know. It's. I'm such an old guy now, so I, I can't. I can't tell you why. It's 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 in the younger younger generation, and the young kids are really digging it. Um, I was captivated by uh, at a young age too, but I never really fell into that world until I was about 28. Uh, that's a, right about the time I had a family, so I needed to stay awake. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed coffee as a young kid, mm-hmm. but I never drink a lot of it. So, I don't know. It's, it's a, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why people are captivated with it, but it's maybe because it's a drink that people threw out the window years ago because they thought it was like this bitter, bold, dark, you know, ugly thing, and then 
you know, even like the older clientele that come in here and they try it and they're like, wow, like, what is this? What it, it's amazing. It's, it's almost on the lines of sometimes it could be like tea. Yeah. And uh, people do like tea. I mean, but coffee, I felt like was always just kind of like something that was used as a drug to wake me up. And yeah. people are starting to realize now it's not that. It's something to sit and enjoy and really, you know, when the, when the coffee goes through its flavor changes, you can really enjoy the coffee and not just muster it down mm-hmm. and get on with your day. Yeah. So I, it's, I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> and when I can step away from this business, maybe I'll be able to tell you. But right now, I, um, it's just, it's taken off. And I, I, I'm all over the place at this point. But uh, Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, I can't tell you that. Maybe we should ask them. We should walk around tonight. Yeah, with, just, with ask the, just ask people. <laughs> why? Why well, is this? Why, why do you like this so much? Yeah. Um, I should have had, you guys should have met Jackie because she's, she's single-handedly like running this business too with me and she's awesome. So she mm. would, she would have an awesome answer for that. Yeah. Me, I just sit behind the roaster and roast all day long. And I run <laughs> home and crunch numbers all day long and come back and do the same thing over. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about your your guys's coffee and what you have now. Yeah. And um, just like flavor notes and whatnot. So. Yeah, you know, I I tend to stick on. Um. The non-traditional coffees. I, I really. I like a lot of fruit and floral notes, um, and I think that's where we're gonna continue to stay. Um, just because it's different. I think a lot of people in town have coffees that are on the earthy, chocolate, caramel notes. Yeah. And no one really in town are doing the brighter coffees. Hmm. Um, I mean, I like to keep a limited lineup. Okay. And really focus hard on treating each individual coffee the way that it should be. I should really dial in those profiles. I, I like messing with the profiles until I get it right, then releasing them, and then running with them. Yeah. But I really enjoy on how they all are. I mean, they're all a very... Yeah. On the upper echelon of, of brightness and yeah. fruitiness and floral. and I mean, those are the classic keynotes of everything but I mean yeah yeah describe some of the coffees that you have currently like on roast or that you've roasted uh like flavor notes I uh, know just, just just like your Guatemala or like yeah I mean well I mean the Guatemalan is uh yeah <laughs> good yeah. no I'm just I'm, I'm just saying like the the coffee bags that you do have like the coffee you have roasted what, yeah. what are some of the coffees that you guys have currently right now and so, oh yeah sorry I kind of <laughs> yeah, okay. was thinking about the flavor of the, yeah. uh, the coffee itself um, right now I mean the Guatemalan that I have in is through Onyx okay uh, Blake at Onyx does an awesome job they're strictly a Guatemalan supplier uh, they source from handful of farms in Guatemala and mm-hmm. they're awesome 
Um, the other ones, uh, I can grab that Rwandan from Red Fox. Uh, it went off the shelf really quick. I knew yeah. that. I knew that Rwandan itself. It was uh, fantastic, and I had it before, and it performed really well the past two years. Mm-hmm. As soon as it came in, I grabbed that. Um, what else do I have? Um, the Colombian, also from Red Fox, was a great one. Uh, not a typical Colombian. Um, yeah. Still on the, the brightness is up there. Uh, it tends to cool off as a, a classic Colombian, but has that like sharp taste at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ethiopians, which I told you was that lady, she had the Guji and she had, the, which is the double wash. Yeah. And then the, uh, the natural, the Sadama natural, which was fantastic too. Uh, flavor profile was really good. Um, still a little defect in the coffee itself. They probably could have gone a little better on the processing with it, but, yeah. um, still is great. Okay. Um, and then the, uh, you know, we have the El Salvador from Annie Ruth, which she is awesome. Yeah. She, um, she seeing what she does at her farm, she single-handedly like manhandles that farm. Even though yeah. she's a woman running this farm, she's tough as nails. Yeah. And she doesn't let anything get by. So if anyone wants to buy coffee from Annie Ruth, I think they should really look into her because her next source or her next uh, harvest coming out is going to be fantastic. It's mm. awesome. Yeah. Is there, any, is there any specialty drinks that you guys have on right now? I remember, like, the last time I was here, you guys had a tonic. Yeah. I believe. It was, yeah. oh, so good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah we, we cut that... that Espresso and tonic with uh, an El Salvador that was had a, a great lime note on it. So to add that lime note into tonic, yeah, they were. That's the reason why we did the, the espresso and tonic. And it usually doesn't happen unless we have something on that line. If it's lemon or lime note in the coffee itself. Yeah. Uh, right now, um, yeah, the black walnut. Latte okay. What is that? Cappuccino. Um, Jackie. Kind of makes all the stuff on her own. Okay. Um, Interesting. Uh, I would like her to explain it to you, but uh, <laughs> it's it's her recipe, and I don't even talk to her about it. I just try it. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, she. We have a commercial kitchen down at the Mercado, at the other location. Okay. So we we jump in that commercial kitchen, and they allow us to cook some stuff up in there. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so she she's the one that kind of goes through and comes up with these syrups and uh, but that's on right now. But I think we've had it for a while and then I think we're looking at some new stuff coming up in the spring. So okay, cool. Yeah. I, there's other stuff there, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <You know. laughs> I should know, but I don't know. That's her element. Yeah. So. What um. What do you normally do in Tucson? What, what like, outside of coffee, is there any other hobbies that you do? Um, I'm guessing biking is one. Uh, yeah. Our, I've got a jug band. We play in a jug band. What's I, a jug band? I play the, uh, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> <my> God. <laughs> we don't. It's such a cow town. I, I wouldn't, 
I would pretty much think you thought we had a jug band, but no. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of an outdoorsy town. So if you don't do anything outdoorsy, don't move here. Yeah. Because uh, hiking is awesome in this town. Uh, bike riding is awesome, especially with the the new loop, the off off city trails. Um, they have a, a loop that goes around the city. And it's, it's going to be connected about 120 miles wow. around the city off off normal roads. It's along the rivers. Wow. So they have dedicated bike trails along the rivers. Um, yeah, I mean, anything outdoorsy, you can name it. If you want to go climbing, Mount Lemmon's up there. You can do some bouldering up there. Whoa. Um, uh, if you really want the beach, it's only three three hours away in Mexico. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, <laughs> Puerto, Puerto Penasco is is, yeah. is kind of a little touristy, but you can hit the Baja Peninsula from there. Wow. So, that's cool. And then if you really want California and San Diego, it's five hours away. So, it's not. It's a good weekend trip. Yeah, really cool. Well, how how can people support you? How can people? Um, find what find out what you guys are doing or, or find out like where you are and stuff yeah uh, our website really um is about to get another revamp um, but right now we we kind of use the whole square um, website on our element but all our coffees that'll run through our, our list we'll we'll throw up there and as they run out we flip them out uh, we'll have subscriptions up there soon so nice. Stay with us on that Instagram, Facebook, um, and that'll that'll change here soon. Okay. Um, just with more updating, because yeah. that was my handle too. And then you know I have some of the people here and and the staff that deal with it too. But I've kind of come through a network of good uh, uh, customers that come through that want to help out. That's cool. So yeah, it's awesome. pretty much. It, I think that you unless you come to our stores that's, yeah um, we also do a lot of wholesaling to some of the shops across the country so um, mm. the cool third wave shops that are opening across the country that are carrying us um, I will have a list of those guys up too on the website so nice. if you're in another country it's kind of cool because like this whole bike racing world is intertwined to where like they you know they'll be in Tulsa yeah, and there's you know Tulsa Tough and and Tulsa Oklahoma and, yeah and that's a crazy thing yeah I mean those <laughs> guys you know they'll, they'll they'll stop at Cirque and right Cirque's in Tulsa right yeah yeah yeah, yeah Cirque's yeah, in yeah. Tulsa yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know they'll, they'll they can have my coffee there or you know other great coffees that they carry too those guys are awesome yeah but um, yeah it's kind of neat to, that these third or multi-roaster coffee shops that are popping up. I did say multi-roaster, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, are popping up. And I wish we would do that here. And someone in Tucson needs to open up a cool multi-roaster. We're all just popping up roasters left and right. Yeah. I think what needs to happen is from here is multi-roasters, kind of three or four of them in town would be great. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, we have Thai Market in town, a cool little grocery store that has a multi-roaster kind of shop but they they definitely they pull from a lot from Oregon so okay I think right now they have Case 
Keys Coffee. Yeah, yeah. espresso, which those guys are awesome too. They're awesome. Yeah, just did a bag trade with them, and then I'm loving your stuff, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that's when I think that's that'll be the next step in this town. Yeah, that'll so. be very cool to see. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time out and being on the Low Key Podcast. Yeah, thank I you. I definitely love the atmosphere in here, and I love your shop. Cool. I knew I like I felt welcome like right when I stepped in. Thank you. Um, so, and I just love the, I love your cups. Like they're really cool. Um, cause it, it kind of like represents kind of that Arizona kind of feel your cups, your little mugs. Yeah. Cool. And stuff. So, Thank you. Yeah. um, and I think it's really cool, but yeah, thanks for being on and hopefully people come and check out Presta in Tucson. So yeah. thank yeah. you. And thank you for all the listeners listening out there. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the Low Key Podcast. Now keep in mind, we have a giveaway going on, so check that out on our Instagram page to get the details. I want to thank Curtis Zimmerman for being on the Low Key Podcast. If you guys are ever in the Tucson area, go check out Presta Coffee Roasters and grab a cup of coffee. Also, go follow them on all their social media page and go check out their website. Guys, if you subscribe to us, rate us on iTunes and give us some feedback. Also, go follow us on Instagram, check out what we're doing on Facebook, and listen to the episodes. And if you don't subscribe and you listen to us, subscribe to us. All right, guys. Have a good evening. Have a good day. It's nice. It's easy. It's low-key. Thank you.